Too bad. Here we go. All right. Hello, everybody. Hi, Sid. I'm everybody. <laughs> I'm Sydney. Um, this is Jack. Hello. Welcome back to Final Femme. This time we watched Hell House LLC, which came out November 1st, 2016. Jack, what are your initial thoughts to this movie? It was okay. Um, there were some like jump scare parts, but overall, it was I mean, uh, the best part, best part of this movie, mm-hmm. 90 minutes. Best part of this movie. How the fuck did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> because it's a, it's a running theme. I know. The faster I can get away from the scary stuff, the better. Well, uh, I have seen this movie before, and I like it. Like when it first came out? Huh? When it first came out? I saw it a couple years ago. So, yeah, I guess if it came out in 2016, not that long after it had come out. I think I just yeah. came across it on, like, Amazon or something. Okay. But I liked this one. I, I don't always do found footage, but this one worked for me. Yeah, I was going to ask if this is, like, a... Do you like that type of horror movie? Because the really only other one I could think of is Blair Witch, and... I've never seen that, but I've seen the like the memes of like people running through a forest and like being scared. But yeah. I, I don't, I don't. The, the shaky camera thing is not appealing to me. But yeah, I didn't see Blair Witch actually because I figured the shaky cam would make me kind of sick to my stomach. So mm-hmm. this might be one of the first uh, found footage I watched, and I liked it more than I thought I was going to. So it was a nice surprise. Yeah, this doesn't have, to be transparent, this does not have the shaky cam thing going on. No. It's actually pretty well shot for for what it is. For what it is. Well, found footage, you know. Yeah, yeah. So this movie was directed by Stephen Cognetti. I think he was the writer, too. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it stars yeah. um, Gore Abrams as Paul. Alice Balky is our documentarian, Diane. They don't really introduce her well. Not really. She's like at the beginning and yeah. at the end. That's about it. Yeah, and then um, Alex Taylor is played by Danny Bellini, and he is our leader of the group. Mm-hmm. Tony is played by Jared Hacker, and let's see, Sarah Havel is played by Ryan Jennifer Jones. Um, Joey is played by Phil Hess, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm forgetting one of the main people uh, here. Adam Andrew. They call him Mac Andrew oh, McNamara. Is. Yeah, is played by Adam Schneider. Looks like yes. And as Jack said, this movie was only an hour and a half, so Woo-hoo! pretty quick. Let's see. I'll read the synopsis really quick. So it says, sure. uh, five years after an unexplained malfunction causes the death of 15 tour goers and staff on the opening night of a Halloween haunted house tour, a documentary crew travels back to the scene of the tragedy to find out what really happened. Which, I don't know about you, Jack, but kind of feels misleading because it sounds like you're going to follow the documentary crew the whole time and you really don't it's mostly footage that the original hell house people shot yes yeah this documentary i mean it kind of um it's interesting how it weaves that together because mm-hmm. it is kind of like documentary at the beginning where they're talking about the history of the like hotel and like what happened and they're kind of interviewing like a journalist and like just various other people mm-hmm. but then the, the yeah the, the majority of the movie is the found footage of the people that made it in it, it was a hotel that had been shut down or something and the the group that we're following has i don't think they bought it maybe they bought it they're, they're basically turning it into a haunted house to make money off of it right yeah it's called haunted house llc because that is the group of these five people you're following like they mm-hmm. put on essentially set up haunted houses all over the country and that's how they make their money right um so this tagline is super short the one I found on IMDb is New York's scariest haunted house tour. So, <laughs> yeah, 
I was looking around. That Not is great. the only one. No, kind of clunky, kind of long. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. Not, not a great one. Not great. Um, and I'm very sorry, everybody. I could not find a budget for this. Um, I'm guessing it's like $2 because it all looks <laughs> pretty homemade. I mean, it's supposed to look homemade, but yeah. Yeah, it's... I, I couldn't find a budget this time. I, I, I Again, I'm, I was curious, probably most of all the stuff we run through at the beginning of what that was, what the budget of this movie was. But yeah, I c- could not find anything. I know, either. I was too. I was kind of bummed out I couldn't find it. But it must be love. Yeah, if someone finds it and lets us know, that would be, that'd be neat. Yeah. So let's... Oh, shoot. Before we get into it, um, Jack, we need to talk about what happened to our, our previous I, producer. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Like, it, uh, it's sad. I hate to bring it down every episode, but oh. I, I, I don't know what's going on here. We are our previous producer, Earl, yes. who joined us for Scream. He very sad. I don't know how to say this. I mean, he yeah. he wouldn't get off the phone with some creep. And so he, sad. I mean, he got stabbed a lot yeah. and I, like hung up on a tree. It was mm-hmm. it was disgusting. It was really gross. Like just. Guts and bits everywhere. Nasty. Poor Earl. It, it, yeah. We played just... goodbye Earl at his funeral, you know, in honor. <laughs> Why sorry, are you I'm laughing? A, That's I'm, horrible. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Please. What is wrong with you? Well, luckily his paycheck didn't go through and we were able to just quickly hire a new person. Right. Yes. Um, Named Theo. So welcome, Theo. Thank you for. Hello. Welcome, Theo. Um, when you edit this, just ignore this whole part of like mm, we mm-hmm. have problems with producers i'm sure you'll be fine you'll be here for a while absolutely i don't know if i trust you on that but let's have a good show <laughs> nice love it that's professionalism like theo yeah yeah all right well if we're ready theo and jack let's get into it yeah documentary setting telling us what we're about to witness is a documentary on a mysterious event surrounding a 2009 haunted house tragedy tour you know i want to just say this whenever you put text on a screen uh-huh. i believe it i was like looking for this hotel like is this an actual hotel of course it's not a fucking actual <laughs> hotel but i was as soon as you put like white text on a black screen it's like oh this is this is oh, this actually really happened, happened. <laughs> Like Superman punched a guy. Well, it's in writing, so it definitely <laughs> happened for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I get that way too. So after after our very believable text, we are following a lady <laughs> who we find out later is Diane, and she's our uh, documentarian. So she's kind of our um, omniscient narrator throughout the whole thing. She mm-hmm. kind of keeps the pace going. Yes. So she shows up to the outside of what we will soon learn is the Abaddon Hotel which was turned into hell house and she's trying to get in, but it's boarded up. And then um, we cut to her interviewing some witnesses and journalists kind of through those interviews. They kind of give you a little more background about what happened to the hotel and then the hell house group, which we kind of implied earlier 
was these group of five. Well, one of them is 30, so I guess they're not kids. <laughs> uh, yeah. So young adults. Yeah, sure. Adults, I guess, at that point. Sure. Okay. Adult. Yeah. But yeah, so they are a, they're essentially a small business and they go around the country like setting up haunted houses, essentially, and walking people through and that's how they make their money. But there's a tragedy that's happened with this one. What, what did you feel about the testimonies and the eyewitnesses, the people being interviewed? Because I thought it was those people being interviewed and kind of mm. given their like weird like, I don't know what happened. You had to be there. I it's know. Like, I'm okay, like, this isn't providing any why context. Why are we interviewing you? Yes. Why are you? Why, if you're not going to tell us what happened, why the hell is the documentary even wasting her time? Yeah. I I do think that too. Like it took me, the first time I watched it, it took me a little bit to get into it because you are kind of like, why am I listening to this person? Yeah. But then they show the news footage and they show the YouTube video of someone going through the house, mm-hmm. going through the haunted house. And I thought that kind of help to kick it a little bit before we get into the actual footage of the movie yeah it basically hints at the end of the movie yeah at the uh, from this youtube found footage that's what they the te- on screen text says mm-hmm. um i will say of of the people that were interviewed i'm sorry i keep going back to this because this okay? like part was really upsetting. interesting i guess uh, yeah upsetting that's <laughs> my- <laughs> um we have this one gentleman i can't remember what his little bottom half says for what he is Mm. uh but his name is robert lyons and he's like this big bearded guy oh he's an author i think he wrote like a local history book for the Uh, movie okay that guy was the least believable part of this whole thing (laughs) because it feels like a reality television you know which makes me happy obviously oh geez talk about (laughs) horror movies oh (laughs) but he he's hamming it up he's like no one knew what happened at this yeah. hotel. And he's like doing all this weird like eyebrow stuff. It's like he he was taking me out of it. I was Oh, uh, I loved I appreciated how hammy he was. But it just it detracts from this like found footage documentary thing. Because he was he's 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 like the least believable character in this, but probably like the one putting the most effort into their acting. <laughs> yes. I that's true. He doesn't play it very understated, but I do love like how hammy and because you can kind of believe like maybe he's just this really dorky author who's like super into the lore and oh my god i'm gonna be on tv <laughs> so i guess if i look at it that way i'm like yeah i could see that yeah that's true and the other people there was like a woman and she's like oh my god it's crazy you wouldn't believe it i know and then like we don't talk to her for a while for like most of the movie most of the movie yeah i guess your opinion is important in this but the journalist they interviewed was probably the most helpful yes Yes, that guy's name was Martin Cliver. Martin Cliver. Not journalist number one. <laughs> no, we only had one journalist. They had to name him, I guess. <laughs> I suppose. Um, so, yeah, they we, we do the found footage thing, and then it cuts to – I think it cuts to him. They're, they're talking to him interspersed mm-hmm. within this, too. Yep, because we've got some, like, news feed of – I think it's, like, opening night, and there's ambulances, and they're bringing out bodies and that kind of thing. And then mm-hmm. we cut back to him, and then we cut over to – Someone who had gone through the house, like a YouTuber who had uploaded the video of going to the house. You get a little bit of chaos and you're like, okay, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, it was hard. So, I mean, Haunted House. Have you been to a Haunted House before? I'm sure you Oh, God, no. I'm actually a really big baby. I can't do Haunted Houses. I know. Are you serious? Yeah. There was... There was a Haunted House I tried to go into with a friend. It was put on through the, the Discovery Museum and everybody else walked in. I walked in, saw someone in a mask, said no, and walked right out. So I, I can't do it. So 
when you're watching this movie, were you just like, <laughs> ah, like jump scare every two seconds? <laughs> no. Were you falling for all the fake props that they had hanging up? The stuff you would uh, expect to be in like a haunted house. I would if I was in there. There's something about not being able to leave and it's like coming at you from all sides. I can't. I can watch scary movies and I can read scary books, but I can't do a haunted house. I'm a big baby. But you can always push pause on the movie. Yeah. Or I plug Escape. my ears. That's a big trick of mine. <laughs> if it's scary, well, I'll just plug my ears. It's an interesting uh, concept because the fact that you're like a, like a haunted house where you, like people are actually in distress mm-hmm. where you know because like the actors are paid to scream and scare people but if actually if you actually you wouldn't i don't think understand that people are actually in distress screaming because it's just part of the environment so yeah. it's kind of this weird thing where people are l- lulled into this you know oh it's a attraction oh, oh it's, it's scary Ooh, yeah but as things as that youtube uh, video goes on it kind of shows that People are kind of starting to freak out, and people are like kind of running, and they're they're not following the little track thing or the the route that they're supposed to be going through the yeah. haunted house. I like how they did that because it does kind of slowly start to ramp up the dread a little bit, yes. right? Because they're going through it, they're like, "Oh, ha, ha right. props!" And then a hell house worker runs up the stairs, unbeknownst to everyone else. They're just like, "What was oh, that? Was that supposed to happen?" And right. It's like, oh, I don't think so. That's weird. And then they keep going towards the basement, and then you hear people screaming, and they're like, "Go back, go back, get out!" Like. And people are can't get out of the basement because something's happening, but they're all trapped. And right. then they start right. screaming and running the other way. And that's scary. Yeah. And that's when it's kind of the chaotic end to the YouTube video. Everyone's right. running out, and then the police are there, and the firefighters are there. So mm-hmm. we're, we're just as confused as everyone, presumably, at this thing because we don't know what's going on either. I do like how this movie did that. Like they kind of mm-hmm. slowly show you what's going on. Yeah. Because you start at the end and then you go back and you're like, how the fuck did we get there? What's happening? And then, oh, and then there's a weird 911 call, which I don't know that that was super necessary because it doesn't really go anywhere. Like the documentarian no. is like, oh, and then there was a weird 911 call and it's a girl who calls 911 and she's like, please help me. I don't want to die. He's in the walls and she's screaming and then the phone hangs up. You're like, well, do we really? Okay, I mean, okay, I already know something weird's happening here. Yeah, and it's all cut out. You can't really hear, hear the audio too much. She's just, just like, I don't want to die. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I mean, I same no girl. I also don't want to die. <laughs> it's just like another like layer on the cake. Yeah, of, that's true. Of describing this event, I guess. Of bodies. What? Oh, yeah. Hmm? What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways. I think now is when it kind of intersperses the journalist. Yeah, that's right. The journalist talks about how he broke in to mm-hmm. Ha Haunted House once it was closed and he like took pictures and then you get to see your first pictures inside afterwards and there's like blood splatters on the wall, there's blood on the floor. You can see where like somebody was dragged. Yeah. A couple somebodies. One one thing that always is well, he he does this too where he's like mm. I saw that it was kind of a weird moment where he's like I've been a journalist for like 85 years and <laughs> I saw those stairs and I'm like, I'm not going down there. So he like, he doesn't go down to the actual basement and see what's yeah. going on. He's too afraid. All I have in all caps is just smart man. Well, he's not dead. Don't go in the fucking basement, man. <laughs> he is being interviewed for this documentary. Yes. So, so good for him. Good. Good for is him. Is he our final guy? Is he our final guy? <laughs> <laughs> you did it, buddy. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> God, he might be. Well, we'll get we'll get into the the final guys and girls at the end. But yeah, maybe he is. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. But again, he he's given us some more context of like he, mm-hmm. he's basically there to say 
I broke in after this whole thing happened, and he's talking about how the police are trying to silence everyone involved. Like everyone's, yeah, there's everyone's... like a gag order on the whole town. Exactly. So thus, no one knows actually what happened there and mm-hmm. why the documentary crew is trying to figure that out. Hence the mystery. So then we cut over to Sarah Havel, who is was one of the members of the LLC Haunted House Hell House LLC <laughs> production. Shut up. <laughs> she agrees to do an interview with Diane, our documentarian. Obviously, we know the ending, but I do think it's interesting. There's a little Easter egg where she's like, you know, um, well, how are you doing? Like you, you were gone for a while, and it's crazy that now you're back and she's like oh i'm in a better place now and i'm like yeah i didn't catch that now that's an interesting way to say that sarah right right yeah sarah is very weird because before this point you don't know how like you don't see her in the videos at all until later after this part true um and she is very stone-faced just kind of barely answering the questions she seems very out of it yeah like shell-shocked mm-hmm which you're like, oh, okay, well, that tracks for the trauma she's been through. I mean, sure. that makes sense. Sure. I like it in the, again, the text. So I had to believe it. Obviously. It was like, oh, this is the only interview with Sarah. And then it says after this interview, she was never seen again. It's like, what? I'll be here all week. Yes. So then Sarah creepily pulls out a little bag and she's like, Everything you need is in here. And the documentarian, Diane, is like, um, what? She's like, oh, yeah, we filmed everything just for us, but also to have a record of things or to put up on the website. So everything is filmed in here. So um, she's one upping her, Diane. She's like, oh, you're writing a doc- you're doing a documentary. I got it right here. Like she, it's what basically up, Diane? A, everything's ready to go. I got the whole thing. And it's like a weird burlap sack, like black sack. It's weird. She's just trying to, like, scare Diane. And then she, like, Diane's, like, has one of her assistants just, like, grab it and take it off. And, like, he's going to start listening to these and, like, documenting this. And Sarah's just like, okay. Alrighty. Yeah. Which, so then we cut over to, again, Jack's favorite part, words on the screen. And it says, um, (laughs) (laughs) Hell House footage, um, August 23rd through August 8th, October 8th. So October 8th was opening night. So this is taking Mm -hmm. us up until the events that lead to opening night. Yes. So we got 46 days, which doesn't roll off the tongue like seven days, but that's where we are. You did the math for that? Uh, No, it's, I thought it was written down. I, oh, it might've said it. Someone did the math. Surprisingly, it was on the screen. I didn't read it. Not me. <laughs> so we start with filming on Sarah while they um and the whole crew is in the car they're all driving to Abaddon. Paul is our guy with the camera. Usually, I mean they pass it around a little bit but pa- yeah. Paul's kind of our main camera guy. Right. And I got I kept getting the names wrong at first cuz it's hard to tell who's who with their back of their heads. <laughs> but Yeah, if those were the pictures on IMDb, maybe it'll be a little easier to identify them but yeah, yeah it's it's very i had to just kind of wait like contextual clues like when they said yeah. hey tony over here like that's when i was like oh that's who that is so it wasn't until about like third of the way through the movie i actually knew who we were we were talking dealing to. with <laughs> yeah. yeah so sarah is part of the crew um alex is our leader and he and sarah are dating tony is our electrician i kind of got the sense like he did all the wiring and everything yeah he's like the mix mr fix-it guy yeah, and then we've got Mac, or McNamara, who is mm-hmm. also part of the crew. And they are all driving from 
I, I got the sense they were driving from like New York City to Abaddon, which is like 45 minutes outside the city. Yeah, they. Alex talks about this later about how he's, he's talking to the extras that they hire. Like, oh, we've done all these haunted houses in New York City, mm-hmm. so we're they're they're kind of I don't know why they're moving out of New York City because they were talking about how successful it was, but then now they're in this like podunk town just outside of it. I don't know. I'm not really sure the reason why, but yeah. Well, spoilers. They kind of uh, kind of go into it in the second movie a little bit more because there's like two two more movies after this one. Okay. So it kind of builds. But anyways. Before, before I'm sorry. I'm going to stop yeah. you here. Before we go too Uh-oh. far. Yes. What do you think about the characters? Just in general? Who's your favorite? Who oh, do you hate the most? Favorite. Because I got a couple opinions um, on this. I really don't love Alex. Alex the leader. Because while he is charismatic, he is. And this will come up later. But he's kind of like. A douche? Yeah. Even when people are bringing up legitimate concerns, he doesn't really listen to them. Paul's kind of a fucking idiot, but I think Paul's my favorite. Are you? Wh- oh no! <laughs> Are you serious? Well, I didn't. Paul say is the biggest creep. creep in the world. He is a creep. I know he's a creep. Don't just shrug that off. He's a he's fucking. He's talking about like, oh, we're gonna get these girls topless here. It's okay. like what the. F- but he's funny. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, if not Paul, then I would say probably Tony, because Tony uh, seems pretty level-headed and not, absolutely, like, he's that willing who, to listen to everybody. He can fix things. That's he true. at one point wants to leave. I was like, man, this guy. Mm-hmm. He he's he's my favorite, definitely. That's and then good. Mac is just like in the background. He doesn't Mac? doesn't really have a defining characteristic. Mac's defining characteristic is that he is a loyal number two to Alex. Like he is not going to leave mm. Alex. They've been besties since they were kids. Like he follows Alex wherever the fuck he goes. Yeah, yeah, I get that impression as well. So. Mm. Okay, I just wanted to get that out of the way. I just wanted to see where we're at, like take the temperature. Yeah. And, you Nobody know, I'm now getting Alex. Billy vibes from Scream because you like the bad boys. I just said I don't like Alex. God. No, you like Paul, and that's even worse. I said Paul was funny. I wasn't like, oh my God, I love how Paul objectifies women. Woohoo. Okay, I'm sorry, Sid. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> jerk. Anyways, where was I? <laughs> made me lose my place. Okay, so they get to Abaddon. Um, I have it wrong in my notes for like the first 10 pages. I say Albadon a, dun- a bunch. Albadon? That's like, uh, that's more like fantasy land, I think. Uh, no, I don't know where Albadon came from. <laughs> they're they're like fixing up an inn or a hostel so travelers can stay there. That's yeah. what Albadon is. Yeah. That, that's fair. So they, <laughs> they get there. They start exploring the grounds and then they go in and um, there's no power in the abandoned hotel and there are cobwebs everywhere and the group. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What? Well, no, I was just going to say, so I thought, because I think the entire time the Mm. hotel is all boarded up and abandoned. So at first I thought this was like a group going in after the murders to like, Oh, let's go in there and like look around. Yeah. But then when they started talking about fixing it up, I'm like, Oh, this is like before this is like, it was again, the contextual clues of, Oh, this is a group. That's going to like fix this up and make like make money off of it, which yeah. I thought was like kind of an interesting idea. Yeah, that's a good point. You kind of assume it started off new and then goes to busted. And then you see mm-hmm. like, no, it was always kind of bust because it's been abandoned for 30 years. Right. So the group starts, as they should, complaining about, hey, this place is kind of shitty and broken down. And um, Alex, who is our leader, is like, hey, guys, 
quit complaining. This already looks like shitty like a haunted house should. So you're welcome. We're saving money. <laughs> we have to do less work. Yeah, that's his angle on that. Um, so they keep exploring. They find a destroyed dining room. Like it looks like somebody just flipped tables. There's broken glass everywhere. They find a chain hanging in the attic, which foreshadow. Yeah, they're like, ooh, spooky. Like, mm. Okay. And then the first weird thing, because I think it's it's either Tony and Paul or Mac and Paul, and they're up in the attic, and the walkie-talkies start making a weird noise. Yeah, it's like this, like not quite static, but like just like I don't know how to describe it, like it's a droning. Like a... Yeah, like an electric scream almost. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just a kind of a weird sound. And then they're kind yeah. of both like looking at each other like, what, what was that? What the hell was that? Which, when I started seeing that, okay, well, let's, let's keep, we'll go in here because there's another part where I'm like, they basically, okay, so they basically bang on the walkie talkie and it like starts working and they're like, get in the basement, yeah. like uh, uh, Alex is. So they run down the stairs, and then the camera pans over this mm-hmm. section of the stairs where there's a figure, and it, like, zooms in on that. All black. So I'm like, is this just Ghost Adventures with Zach Baggins? No, it's not just fucking Ghost Adventures. That's what Jack. it felt like. Jack, no, it fucking didn't. <laughs> have you seen Ghost Adventures? Uh, have you seen Ghost Adventures? <laughs> no, I haven't seen Ghost Adventures. Oh, <laughs> if you want some entertaining TV, oh boy. shut off your uh, reality TV and take a gander at Mr. <gasps> Zach Baggins. Okay. That Zach Baggins just makes me think of like a combination of Zach Braff and Bilbo Baggins. It's very confusing. Yeah. I mean, it's basically that. Just add some steroids in there. Oh, great. I look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So they're all, uh, they go down to the basement, like Jack said, and they find that the basement has a pentagram drawn onto the wall. <sighs> of course it does. Which was a weird touch. And Sarah starts getting freaked out because they're finding like Bibles all over the floor. It's that part. She's like, oh my God, they were Christians. Oh, good. No. <laughs> Not the satanic ritual stuff. Just the Bibles. It's the Bibles. It's the yeah. Bibles. It's the Bibles. So Alex is kind of getting annoyed. He's like, well, guys, this building's been like condemned for 30 years. It's fine. Obviously, it's going to be a little busted. We just have to fix it up. No big deal. And then I think we pan back to Sarah, who is like, she's talking to Diane. And she's like, yeah, we started staying there um, after about a week because that's when Tony got the power turned on. And then that's when things started getting weirder and ramping up. Another one for Tony. Tony. (laughs) So then we cut over to um, the five of them are kind of hanging out. They have it's a nice little moment. They're hanging out at the hotel because they fixed up the bar. So they're just kind of reminiscing about past haunts that they've set up, essentially. Now, this is when you kind of. Oh, this is where I start like realizing I don't like any of these characters. They're all like, oh, <laughs> man, we were like crushing puss in the pit. It's like, what the fuck? Like, well, you don't say was... that all the time or. um No. <laughs> Once or twice a year. I reserve it for special <laughs> occasions. Oh, okay. Uh, but no, it was just like, why? why? They're, that's such a unlikable character trait. I, I mean, obviously, yeah, that's what they're is. trying to develop with Paul because he's... Yes, Paul They're kind of discrediting him, him um, throughout this movie. Or not discrediting him. Um, well, no, they do. They kind of set him up as like a goofball idiot who they don't really listen to. So by the time something right. happens, they're like, shut the fuck up, Paul. Yeah, they like call him lazy and say he's like just unreliable for the mm. most part. But my, my issue would be with just how he's just a terrible misogynist, but you know, he is, I get the sense that like some of the lazy dipshit is kind of an act. Mm-hmm. 
Like you that, think he's, he's a little smarter than that? I think he's a little smarter. It kind of feels like a subcategory they've slotted him into, that, that everyone's slotted themselves into a certain role, and he's like, sure. oh, that's who this group sees me as. That's fine. Well, and sometimes in fringe groups, there's always that one person that, that, that people just pick on. Like, they just kind of collectively yeah. agree that that's, like, the person that they're going to pick on. And that's what it feels like Paul is kind of in that situation. I would, yeah, I would say that's a really good read on that group. Well said. Thank you. So... After they're being kind of gross about uh-huh. gross stuff, yes. um, Alex decides to make a speech to kind of rally the troops, um, <laughs> which falls a little flat. They're like, mm. yeah, his his I, I want to say that Alex doesn't really come off as charismatic as he's made out to be in this movie. That's yeah, I would agree with that. They're like, oh, my gosh, he was such a charismatic leader. I'm like, was he? I, like I not not really any part of this. I felt like, oh, I would. I'd follow that guy. Be happy hanging out with this guy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No thanks. No, he's kind of a putz. I think this is where they start setting up. They they yes. uh, do like a montage where they set up the security cameras in the in all of the rooms except for the basement because like the walls are too thick and the yeah, it's like it, something about the concrete. It, it's yeah, setting up a blind like spot. But really, it's just Satan. Satan. And then they argue about it because that's where they're going to have their main actress and like her shirts kind of, oh well, her whole ass dress is ripped open for no reason. Oh, for reasons, for reasons. Well, they're like, we're going to have an actor down there with her. It's fine. But yeah, they kind of argue about it. They, well, I was going to say, at least they settled on that because they kept talking about her being topless. I'm like, what is this? Like, I've never been to a haunted house where or someone's topless. scantily clad women are, you know, chained to walls. Yeah, they're not you, going to the right ones. I don't know. You could tell there's a lot of like mostly dudes in that haunt group. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so they, yeah, like Jack said, they start working on Halloween decorations. And then we kind of follow Paul as he's just like walking through the haunted house, looking at the decorations, playing with stuff. Um, he sits down next to a dummy who's on the piano named Hector. And he starts uh oh, he names him Hector. Mm-hmm. And he starts plunking out a little melody, which we'll come back later. And we cut over to like nighttime. Paul wakes up because he heard a noise. Yeah, now we're in full blog mode or vlog mode, I guess. Vlog um, But I'm going to make a callback here, Sid, because yes. this dumb person has a tattoo that just says 1990 on it. And I, I was just screaming in my head like, Sid, you were in our Scream episode. You were so... You were adamant about the '90s. I, I'm always adamant about the '90s. Wh- who and had, I thought maybe that you, who Paul Paul had it on his like little on his chest there. Oh my god! I forgot. How did I miss that? I'm so sad. How did I miss? It was that? the '90s. It was the '90s. <laughs> Poor Paul. Man, I thought you would catch that shit. I'm not... I know. Well, now I feel stupid. I'm sorry, Paul. Don't be. Oh, don't be sorry, <laughs> Paul. God. Poor old Paul. All right. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. We got to reinforce his creepiness here because he's like, oh, yeah, what's up? And then, like, talking to the camera. And then there's just, like, this shadowy figure that comes into his room. And you can't see who it is mm-hmm. because the camera is dark. And he just turns around and is like, Sarah, is that you? Yeah. And then, no, I mean, the person just, uh, whatever it is, just, like, turns back around kind and walks of just out. just shambles like, out of his room. And he's just like, that's weird. And it's like, yeah, that was weird. I- that would not be my reaction if something fucking weird came into my room at the middle of the night while I'm talking to myself. Um, I wouldn't be like, Sarah, is that you? No. Oh, well. And go back to sleep. Like, I more would be needed. Yes. Um, and he now thinks that Sarah is, like, into him or something. 
Because from now on, he's like really fo- like fixated on Sarah, which is creepy with a camera. He like kind of like, fixated on her the whole time. That's true. Like he hmm. is kind of a creep about Sarah. Kind of. Well, in okay, yes, he's a creep. I understand that. <laughs> he's not even cute. Also, I I know. Sad. I know. His name's Gore. His real name's Gore. <laughs> Did they just hire him because of that? <laughs> Poor Gore. I'm sure huh. he's very nice in real life. So. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I, I don't fucking know. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Because the next morning we follow Paul, and he like. Alex and Sarah are talking in their room and this is kind of stupid. The door is cracked. Like if you're staying in a house full of dudes, like put some pants on, babe. She's got these little like thong bikini underwear on. And Paul is just creeping closer and closer with the camera, like right up on her ass before they notice anything. And they're like, Oh, Hey, get out of here. But they're laughing about it. Excuse you. I would not be laughing. Real world. Yeah. Paul's like, well, I just wanted to help. Like, like, I guess like, no. Saying he wants to have a threesome with them or something, and then he's like, "No, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding." But he's still like pointing the camera at Sarah. It's, it's really creepy. Kidding. Also, close these doors. Yeah. Close these fucking doors. Yeah. When you go to sleep, close the door. Close your door. They leave the doors open. And there's like red so, light in the hallway all the time. Like, is uh-huh. Dayton just like hanging out in your hallway? What's happening? Just, yeah, there's like a dark room out there. What the hell is going on? <laughs> I don't like it. So, Paul, aside from filming Sarah's very nice butt in her underwear, um, he has come up to tell them that the actors are here. Yes. So, Alex goes down, greets the actors, kind of gets them set up. Um, and then Paul is standing on the porch and starts... <laughs> the more we're going through this, the more I, I regret saying that I liked Paul. Because the I'm more... I'm seeing, Sid, on your face, the realization... <laughs> that Paul's kind of terrible. <laughs> Paul is terrible. I recognize this. I think I just felt bad for him. So, yeah... They're filming the whole crew of actors showing up while Alex is talking to them. And then Paul just kind of zooms in on the young, pretty actress. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's gross. But typical. It's a Paul move. It's a Paul move. It's very sad. Oh, well, it's not sad. It's gross. It's nasty. <laughs> it's uh, sad for that girl. It's sad for is that she girl. Because like, she kind of like smiles at, at him, pe- but she's yeah. a little uncomfortable. <sighs> Who wouldn't be? Yeah true you had someone sticking a camera in your face and he's like oh like has he kind of has like a the the, the freddy krueger like breathing thing going on i think <laughs> the again we've talked about noise. this in the past every like serial killer in a movie has like this weird breath it's always on a phone usually it's revealed but they're, yeah and like paul was like yeah i think he was doing that maybe they all just have allergies <laughs> Claritin, please. <laughs> so, um, Histamines, the real evil. That's right. There we go, Theo. Thank you. That's right. Um, so then we cut back over to the journalist. So we're mm-hmm. back in present time, quote unquote. And he's talking about how he managed to find a cop who was like one of the first people on the scene after the, the haunted house debacle. And they found one of the actors in the hallway and it looked like their throat had been slashed and it was self-inflicted. So, yuck. I, I don't want to know, but I want to know how do you determine that? That it's self and Probably from like... It's the, like really jagged or something? Well, or? the angle and the way you would do it versus how someone else would do it. Because okay. if you're doing it across your throat, it's going to be different than if like I did it across your throat. Down Theo's in. miming, like, yes, Theo. slitting throats at us. And I don't know if that's to us or he's trying to demonstrate. He's how just going to murder but... us all. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So after that, after he's like, yeah, you know, the dude cut his own throat or an actor cut their own throat. Um, then we just cut over to this really wholesome scene of like Sarah, Mac, Tony and Alex all playing football, just like with the happy <laughs> little glow lights on them. Yeah. And then we cut back over to um, text on the screen and they're talking about Joey, the guy who plays the clown who sits in the basement um, and how he was really distraught after he ran out of the basement and wouldn't talk to anybody. And then like nine days later, they find him dead in his home. He had hung himself. And then they cut back over to like happy footage and it's just jarring. This movie jumps around a lot. Yeah, it does. So then we cut over to Alex, who is meeting with our actress. I don't remember her name. Do you remember her name? Melissa. Melissa. Melissa, yeah. Beautiful Melissa. She was pretty, yeah. So she is going to be in the basement, and they're going to, like, have her hands chained up over her head. He says it a little more creepily. He's like, you're going to be the the focal point of this. You're the star (laughs) of the show, baby. And it's like, my God, this guy is crazy. And, of course, you have the creepiest two people there. I know. You have Alex interviewing her, and then Paul slides in like a fucking snake. Like, ugh. Paul's being a creep. Yeah. It should have been, like, Tony and Mac telling her, like, hey, yeah, you're going to be in the basement. Like, this is what we're going to do. This is who you can call for help. Because that would have not been nearly as creepy. It's just a weird exchange. And then Melissa is like, oh, so you guys know kind of the history about this place? And... Alex tries to shut her down. He's like, no, no, there's no history. It's totally fine. This is just an old place. And she's like, oh, well, that's not really what I heard. And Paul's trying to get information out of her. Yeah, because Paul Paul is now a scaredy cat. Well, he's now realizing that Alex is not telling them everything, which is like, well, what is is going on? So he's trying to like kind of get that out of prod that out of Melissa a little bit. Yeah. So we find out. That the owner of the Abaddon Hotel um, hung himself in the dining room. Classy. He might have, like, the hotel is haunted. People have gone missing. He might have been a cult leader. A lot of accusations. And lot this of is like a, now Now we're, like, switching to, like, the, the author guy and yep. the, I think we might even go to the journalist a little journalist, bit. But they're kind yeah. of, like, back and forth, like, filling in the details of the history of this place and this guy. Andrew Tully. Yeah, we, we get that. It's like an avalanche. It happens really quick. We get all that. And it's like, oh, okay. All that's happening, apparently. Yeah, he apparently, like, Andrew Tully bought the hotel and he built it there back in the day because Abaddon is apparently supposed to be the demon who, like, guards the entrance to hell and he's in a satanic cult. I looked it up because I'm cool. And I looked up Abaddon um, on my cellular device. It's a beautiful name, by the way. Abaddon? Yeah. Not Albadon. Uh, <laughs> not Albadon. Yeah, no. <laughs> not the Fantasyland one. Not the Fantasyland. There's different texts. Like, it, it shows up in the Hebrew Bible, apparently. I couldn't really find anything that says, lol, this guy guards the gates of hell. But it's kind of implied, so. Sure. Loosely fits, I guess. But Someone's got to be at those gates. Yeah, you know. Ticket takers. Why not Abaddon? Yeah. <laughs> Abaddon. <laughs> I'm Abaddon. <laughs> so, yeah, they talk about, like, how a 11-year-old go- girl and her mom go missing. But um, when he gets questioned by the police, he's got an alibi, so they let him go. And then he hangs himself in Which, his dining room. That is absolutely proves you're innocent. No, I mean, that's what I've always said. I'm like, do you want to really prove you're innocent? Go, uh, go hang yourself after you've been accused of murder, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the cops should just be like, well, I don't know why he did it, but, you know, it has nothing to do with this investigation we were about to open here. Clearly. Obviously. One thing I want to say, because I noticed as well, we were doing the, like, switching to the different 
witnesses and stuff. Uh-huh. It is the camera is so zoomed in on these people's faces. It's their face is like half the screen. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's a little unnerving. Like, look at these pores. Yeah, especially with the the bearded man. He's just <laughs> yeah, he's he's hamming it up. Every every scene he's in, he's hamming it up. Yeah, he does. It's pretty great. Um, so then we cut over to Alex, Tony, and Paul in the basement with the clowns, and they're kind of fighting about it because why are they fighting about it? Are they, I think they're <laughs> fighting about it because the clowns like they like the mask, but like the middle one's head won't move, and they want to figure. Is that a different They're talking part? about how like one is like so realistic they want to waste it on a mannequin. They That's want someone it, to yeah. wear it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like, okay, well they're creepy masks. Like they're creepy little clowns. They're not little, they're man-sized clowns. <laughs> they are they're man, people sized. Man-sized clowns. I like that. That's a good phrase. <laughs> um, Sid, are you afraid of clowns? Uh, they make me uncomfortable. She's putting on makeup. <laughs> they make me uncomfortable. <laughs> But, like, anything in a mask kind of makes me uncomfortable. Even as a kid, I didn't really like the Easter rabbit or um, – that, <laughs> that might be why I don't like haunted houses, too. Like, something about adults with masks over their face does kind of freak me out. Yeah, it's like, why are you hiding? What are you hiding there? What are you hiding? And then they smile and stab you. So, yeah, not really. Yeah, Barney. What are you doing there? What the fuck, Barney? I love you. Yeah, and then just stab you in the back. You know, if anyone was going to have enough homicidal rage to stab you, it would be Barney. He has to be so nice to those kids. He has to put up with those little shits, I'm sure. I'm sorry. We've gotten way off topic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm sure the kids were nice and Barney. I don't know. Probably. So then we cut over to Paul, who has woken up again in the middle of the night because he hears a weird noise. So he goes out into the hallway and all the guys are out. They like... They like run into each other. Yeah, it's kind of a clown <laughs> all this, like, moment. In, yeah, it's pretty good. But they're all like, "Dude, what? What was that sound?" <laughs> and they're like, "I only woke up because you woke up." It's like, what? Yeah. Okay. So they they all heard. I think they heard like a scream or something. So they start to investigate. They just like look down anything. the yeah. They like look down the stairs and they hear the static again. That static from the walkie talkies. Yeah, that's and, right. I get confused because they do this a couple different times. Yeah, there's a lot of fake outs or not fake outs, uh, like small reveals Setting of it up, yeah. escalating the tension. Um, but this one went nowhere. They already did the weird staticky thing with the walkie talkies. Why do it again? Like, I, I, they could have just cut this out of the movie, I think. I wonder if it's to set up like the spirits are waking up more and more, like more mm. activity is starting to happen, okay. I guess. But that's the best I could come up with. Although we've already had a girl in Paul's room. So hmm, I don't know. So then we move on to. Joey, who's our clown, just kind of hanging out in the kitchen with the boys. Um, and he oh, does my God. A really gross eyeball thing, which, <laughs> ew. I thought he was going to do the lame, like, you flip your eye in. Oh, in, oh, oh that God. used to gross me you out. You flip your eyelid inside out. You want to see it? Is it? I can do it. No, because little boys oh. in, like, fourth grade, when we were all in fourth grade together, would be like, look at this. And the, oh, God, no. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I, I acted like I was going to do it, and Sid is Ugh, about I, to vomit here, it looks like. I can't do stuff with eyeballs. Yuck. So I want to say that was real. Maybe. I think that was actually him popping his eye out. Like, that was disgusting. Yeah, so he kind of, like, puts his fingers on the eye socket and just gets behind the eye and pops it out a little bit. And so it's, like, it's like bulging. And it's just like, what the mm. And ever and all the guys are like, "Yeah, that's awesome, man! Where'd you find this guy?" They're they're all psyched that they found like an actor that can do that. <laughs> he can and it's pop like, his eyeball. 
And then you find out that he's wearing a mask the whole time. How's he going to do that? Yeah. He's going to showcase his eyeball trick when he's wearing a mask. He's just poking his eye. <laughs> just for clarification, that guy is hired as the clown who's going to be in the dungeon. So the cameras don't work down there. Their idea is they're going to hire an actor that's going to be down there all the time so he can be kind of the eyes. He's going to be the bodyguard with Melissa. Since Melissa's chained up against the wall and her shirt, her dress is ripped open, they wanted to have like a big beefy male actor down in the basement on opening night so no one's going to yeah. harass her. Yeah. And if he can't beat him up, he freaks him out with a little eyeball trick there. Yeah, he's just, look at my eye! <laughs> look at me! Then it's just kind of footage of them being kind of goofy and setting stuff up. And then we are getting closer to opening night. So Paul is just kind of taking the tour again. Um, everyone's out of the house except Mac, who's on the couch reading. He's like reading a little like 18th century book. <laughs> he's like, he's on page one from what it looks like. Yeah. And I don't know what that book is, but I want to know because he looks so mad that, uh, that Paul has... interrupts him. He does. He's, he's like, like, what? what are you reading? I'm reading the Bible or whatever, you know, whatever it was. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's like Victorian porn or something. I don't know. And then she took her glove off. <gasps> Not the glove. <laughs> so Paul's just kind of like running around through the house, being goofy with the props. And then he comes to the our black and white clown who's like standing up, looking down towards the basement. And he thinks it's Tony who's put like the costume on. And he's like, oh, dude, yeah. that's super creepy. The clown doesn't say anything. And then the clown turns and looks at him, which we've already established. The clown can't turn its head. So how is it doing that? How is it doing that? And Paul's like, oh, that's crazy. And then he goes back to, I think he just goes back to tell Mac or something like, hey, look what Tony did. And then he sees Tony talking to Mac on yeah. the couch and he gets freaked the fuck out. Yes. And he's like, what are you? And so <laughs> this is the problem with these guys. It's like a group of like just kind of douchebags and they're always probably playing jokes on them, each other. So yeah. you can never really understand when something actually is going wrong because they're always like playing, playing pranks on them on each other yeah because then the next scene is like they're all watching the footage and you can clearly yes. see it's not tony and but tony says something so then alex is like oh you two idiots are in on this together because they've pulled pranks on each other before so he doesn't believe them yeah this was nuts to me like you have video proof of this yes no one is owning up to the fact that they're the clown mm -hmm. and it's just like okay i i guess i'll let this one slide because they're such pranksters you know it's like a house. Of, it's like Jackass runs a haunted house, basically. Right. So then they start filming a commercial, which is kind of stupid and didn't really go anywhere, <laughs> except to set it up that Sarah starts acting weird. She was acting weird. Yeah, they're like, they put like two dummies on a bench <laughs> and are doing this weird skit where they're like, oh, I love you so much. And they're like, like basically Dumb. like Sarah's cheating on one of the the mannequins or whatever. It's like, okay. Yeah. And then she like leaves the scene and like, Tony and is it Tony? Tony uh, and Mac? I can't remember exactly who's Tony and Paul. Tony and Paul. They're they're kind of like interacting and then they just turn the camera over to Sarah who's like fixated on this like Ma uh Mary statue. Yeah, she's looking at the Virgin Mary statue but she's not saying anything or she's just zoned out. Catatonically staring at it. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I guess that's just lead up to what happens later. Right. So then they uh, it's 11 days till they're open, they're hanging a sign, they're getting ready and this is when Paul does the walkthrough. Um, the like the official walkthrough. Tony's like set off the lights. He's queuing everything up. He's like, okay, strobe lights, let's go. Testing the strobe room or whatever the yeah. whatever they're doing there. Yeah, the strobe hallway, and they've got like two ghosts or corpses or whatever like mannequins set up in the hallway, mm -hmm. and he's filming it. 
and the strobe starts going off. I thought this was kind of cool. The strobe starts going off, and during the strobe, you can see in between flashes, you can kind of see there's an extra dummy, and Paul's starting to get freaked out. He's like, wait, how many of these do we have? And <laughs> and and Tony's just like, two. Like He's just like nonchalantly like, yeah. right, there was two of them, or three or two, whatever it was, but he's just like, uh, yeah, there was definitely three or whatever it was. Uh, and he's like, well, I see four. Yeah, Paul's starting to freak out at this point. And it is kind of uh, unnerving because as a viewer all you're seeing is the strobe of this room yeah and the strobe is so it's not fast it's slow it's so you don't get that strobe. much right so it you get very brief glimpses and it takes a while for the otherwise it's dark the whole time for paul yeah i thought this was actually pretty effective like it creeped yeah. me out and I, apparently by the way um fun kind of gross fact so when that actor, like, they turn the lights on and Paul's freaking out. He's like, let me out, let me out. And then he runs into, like, a lighted room. And they're like, "What are you, are you okay? And he throws up. That actor actually threw up. What? Like, he was so stressed out, he actually threw up. That's him. That's not a special effect. He's a good actor. Yeah. <laughs> he's stressed out. Um, I also, why would you lock him in there? For the trial run. Right. What the fuck? Is that them being douches to each other again or just? Probably. I don't know. Ugh. But yeah, that's not not okay. So um, Paul is scared, understandably. And Alex is kind of blowing him off and they get in this huge fight. Paul essentially walks off. He's like, fuck you. Fuck this. I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. But apparently he cools off and comes back because our next scene is him waking up in the middle of the night again. Yeah, there's a lot of checking in with Paul at night, which a lot of nighttime with that's Paul. the last place I want to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, nobody wants to be in there. So he gets up, he hears a noise, and there is a clown that black and white clown is standing silently at the bottom of the stairs. Mm -hmm. And who is it? Is it Tony? I think Mac. Mac, it's Mac who wakes up. And so I do appreciate that. Like, they both see it. It's not just like, oh, what are you talking about? There's nothing there. Like, they both see the clown. Yeah, yeah. So far, they're kind of already discrediting Paul because they've already talked about his like character. He's unreliable. But so they're they're trying to brush this off by saying, "Oh, Paul's just an idiot screwing with us, basically." Yeah. But now that you have a second person seeing this, mm -hmm. it's a little harder to refute that. Yeah. So Paul is freaking out as he should, and is standing at the top of the stairs, and Max like slowly creeping towards it, which gave me such anxiety. I had my hands oh. over my ears. I'm like, "Don't do that! Don't do that! Don't you get close to it!" And, uh, it's just a mannequin. And he, he goes up to it and he's like, it's just a mannequin and touches it and nothing happens. But then we go into the next room and we see Sarah is standing in the dark like a freak by herself, talking backwards, standing and looking at the wall. Yeah, her audio is backwards. She's like speaking. Yeah, back. yeah it's it's pretty nuts. And I think this, this is like the most Blair Witch of this movie, mm. because I think there's a scene where someone's like standing in it, like looking at a corner. I don't think they're talking or anything, but so this reminded me of the, the like meme I saw of Blair Witch. Maybe we'll watch it in the future. Maybe not. Maybe we will. Maybe if we have enough demand, we will. <laughs> Everybody, please demand Blair Witch. So, um, so yeah, they and then they kind of go and wake her up. And the second she comes out of her trance, she starts crying. She's freaked out. She doesn't know where she is. Yeah. And then they realize the clown is gone. Right. Of course. Yeah, the clown's gone. Of course. Gone. Why would he stick around? clown's like fuck this i got shit to do yeah so the clown's gone and then the clock starts going off this huge chiming clock starts going mm -hmm. off and they realize the dining room the table is set up there's candles so they start screaming because they're freaked out and then the clock chimes again and the fucking clown is back and he's standing there and he's just staring at him let's describe this too because yes. the clown is like bleeding from his eyes and his mouth yeah it's like black blood 
It's pretty pretty freaky. It's a creepy clown. Yeah. And he's he's big. He's got to be like what six three. Like he's kind of beefy. Mm-hmm. Intimidating. Yeah, and I think the silence really plays into it because he never speaks. He's just kind of there. He's not there, and he you never see him move. Right, and I like that. Mm-hmm. It's always them moving after the camera cuts away real quick. Yeah. And I, I kind of like that, like, uh, the, the way to kind of make it more, it makes it more terrifying. I did, too. This movie really creeped me out the first time I saw it. So they are freaking out, and they're like, okay, we got to run past him. And they're kind of psyching each other up, and they're like, go, 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 run. And they run past the clown. And then we just cut to the next day. What the, Yes. The amount of times where it's just like, and that's done. That scene's done. We did it. Did what? How did you <laughs> escape that? I don't. Yeah. I think... Well, first of all, how'd you go to sleep after that? That too. I think, didn't we talk about this a little bit in The Exorcist too? How there's like a lot of like really chaotic scenes and then we're like, how did you get out of that? Yes. We never know. Yes. Yeah. The Exorcist was like the biggest defender <laughs> of that. Yeah. They, they, like, they like show Reagan like. She's all of a sudden next scene. She's just tied up with like bed sheets. It's like I want to see that How? process. How'd you get her <laughs> calm enough to like wrap all the like? It was just ugh, whatever. Exorcist is not a great movie. It's not. Go back and listen if you haven't. Anyway, <laughs> so then we cut to the next day and we just see Alex comforting Sarah, who's like clearly crying. I think Paul's creeping with the camera. He's like zooming in on him. Oh, again. Paul is creeping again. Yeah. I just have it at this point. How do they not leave? Right. What is wrong with them? I would have gotten the fuck out of there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But they don't. They don't. And we just bounce over to the middle of the night yet again. Mm -hmm. And it's just Paul again three days before the opening. But nothing really happens. He's just kind of talking about how trash everything is. And then he goes back to sleep. I I might have. This might be a case where I didn't write down one of these scenes because it was happening so often. But I. One of these times he wakes up and then that chick is like, there's like a zombified chick, like sleep, like s- sitting on the floor against the wall. And so we get his, the video camera filming him looking at the camera, not realizing that. And then you just see the chick there. And of course he picks up the camera and immediately like turns and sees her. And he's like, Oh my God. And he hides under the bed sheets. Yeah, you're right. He's talking to the camera. There's a zombie girl sitting in the corner and he doesn't see her. And mm-hmm. then he turns and sees her, freaks out, hides under the covers like a little kid, which, which was super man, creepy. That was that was terrifying because he periodically lifts it up and she's getting close. She like notices him yes. and then she's getting closer. And Ooh. it's like, oh, my God. That gave me so much anxiety because he would like pull the covers down and she's getting closer and you pull him back up and you hear his stressed out breathing. And he was like under there for like 20 seconds the last time. And you're yes. just like, dude, you need to address this problem right now. <laughs> you have to look. I need to know. So he pulls the covers down one more time and the ghost is right there. And then the camera goes wonky and you just hear him screaming. And so, like, clearly something bad has happened to Paul. Well, he's getting jumped finally. He wanted that, right? Oh, my God. (laughs) Jack. (laughs) Oh, my God. Paul's getting what he wants. Yeah. Freaking creep. I don't think Paul wanted zombie sex. (laughs) Oh, Oh, God. So... We, uh, I think we just go to the next day, don't we? They're all like, I can't find Paul. Like, have you seen Paul? This is, again, they're bringing into, like, question, like, Paul's, like, commitment to this whole thing. And yeah, they were like, they're like, oh, he he flaked out on us once back in New York. Yeah. So they're just kind of uh, chalking it up Paul. to him. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. 
I think it's Tony. Tony seems to have Paul's back more than Mac and Alex do. And he's like, well, have either of you like dipshits tried to call him? Like, oh, yeah, no. Mac is... Mac is the one giving us all this exposition about how unreliable he is. So he's yeah, Mac doesn't like immediately Paul. against him. Yeah, he does not like him. So uh, they call Paul's phone and then like this weird scream comes through and freaks them out. Oh. So they drop the phone and it breaks, which what shitty phone. F- Have you ever called anyone in that? Like it was like, bah! like it was like some <laughs> weird sound like that. Like, louder than a phone could ever be. Right. And they're just like nonchalant about it. Like, oh, that oh. was weird. Well, he we didn't answer. <laughs> oh okay right like they're not they're not great friends no and i can understand like alex is like well he's seeing dollar signs this whole time he's not even thinking about that but yeah everyone else that's mac and tony that are there mm-hmm. they should have been like how did the phone do that they, they don't even question that they're just like oh weird oh well moving on then we go back to the next middle of the night they do a lot of the middle of the night scenes Mac and Tony wake up because they hear a piano playing and it's that same melody that um, Paul mm-hmm. was playing earlier when he was sitting with the dummy that he named Hector. It looks like the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, <laughs> it does. A little bit. Yeah. So they uh, they go downstairs. They're going through the whole house to try to like essentially catch Paul, but they don't find him. They just see Hector sitting at the piano, the dummy. And then there's like a weird there's a piano key that's hit while they're not looking and it kind of freaks them out. They're, they're like right there with the Crypt Keeper and it, they keep hearing the piano playing. So yeah. they're like, what the hell's going on? I mean, fair. It would creep me out too. Sure. They hear screaming kind of down in the basement. So they go down and they're trying to find Paul and they don't find him. They're looking around and then they open like a freezer door, essentially a walk-in freezer. Yeah. Which I thought that was going to be their last. I did too. <laughs> I was like, why would you go into that Don't thing? do that. I figured that like, they wouldn't be able to get out or something. But no, they kind of just go in there. Because um, Tony is freaking out. He's like, I, I saw the clown's heads move. They're, they're sitting against the wall because they're the props mm-hmm. set up for the for the uh, haunted house. Tony just happens to look back and sees that all the clowns are looking at them. Turn to look at it. Ooh. So he he basically pushes Mac into the freezer and shuts the door and says, we got, let's look about the clowns. And he, you know. <laughs> just like that. Um, <laughs> Tony is a believer in ghosts, we find out. And Mac's like, dude. I don't believe in this shit. Like he's he's Max kind of a dick. He's trying to be cool as a cucumber. You can do a little freaked out though. Yeah. Tony is like, fuck you. I saw the fucking clowns' heads move because they come out of the freezer and the clowns' heads are facing forward like they're supposed yes. to be. So Mac obviously doesn't believe Tony. Tony is freaked out. And then they see Paul sitting against the wall and they're like, Paul, you fucking dick, where were you? <laughs> or at least Mac is. And Tony's Immediately, like Immediately, yeah. Hey man, he seems like he might be catatonic. I don't think he's okay. And Mac's like, no, he's just a fucking dick. You're like, okay, Mac. He's still pulling a prank on us. <laughs> it's like, how far is this guy, how far is Paul willing to take this joke? Right, like Paul is very clearly not okay. No, he. I think you described it best. He's catatonic. He yeah. is not speaking. He is, they like open his eyelids and he like, like looks at them. And I thought that was kind of a creepy scene. Yeah. Hardly reacts, but he, he looks at them and they're like, what the? <laughs> some of the creepiest mom some of the creepiest moments are in like the silence i feel like yeah yeah because he i catatonic does feel right because you he's you're able to lead him you can walk him around but he's not talking and he doesn't do it on his own no yeah i was gonna say tony is freaking out at this point tony's freaked out he wants to leave and alex is pretty much like you're not leaving what are you talking about like we're so close to opening just you're fine chill out like paul's back aren't you happy and tony's like <laughs> Paul is not okay. No, I'm not happy. 
Yeah, Tony is at an 11 right now. He's screaming all of this. He's like, I quit. I'm quitting Fuck this whole you, thing. Fuck you, I quit. I, you yeah. guys are terrible. And so Mac runs after him. He's like, Tony, wait, you don't know the whole story. And he's like, there's there's some facts you need to know. And then we cut over to Tony sitting in a field kind of crying. <laughs> and we don't find out what Mac told him. What a beautiful shot, though. It was We're really pretty. Like, tall grass field. <laughs> and Tony's like, you crying. know, I just, I just, uh, I can't do this. I, I guess we got to stay. I don't know if, like, they had made a blood oath. I don't know if, like, Alex lost all their money or what. But we never really find out what Mac told Tony. No, it's like a whispered uh, exchange where Mac is basically saying, like, he doesn't he doesn't say it. It's off camera. So yeah. you don't know why Tony all of a sudden becomes convinced to stay there. Mm-hmm. But Mac is part of that Mac that convinces push. him to stay. Yes, yeah. yes. It's, it's, it's very weird. It's, like, alluded to. I wonder what that is because it's not revealed later, right? Mm-mm. I, I can't remember if it's revealed in the later movies, but it's definitely not revealed in this movie. I don't know. what Whatever it is, it must be bad enough or, you know, whatever the reason is, is good enough to convince Tony, who just saw some pretty freaky stuff, which Mac did too. He saw the clown at the bottom of the stairs, yeah. so that's why I'm, like, so weirded out by him blaming everything on Paul. It's like, dude, you were there that night too. You saw all that, right? Mac's got some heavy denial. Yes. I kind of think that's Again, how Mac is able to function. He just denies a lot of stuff. Yeah, and like you said, he's the number two, so he's playing right into convincing the other friends to help Yeah. to, to, to stay with Alex. Mm-hmm. So um, after they cry, because then Mac sits down on camera and they kind of like have a heart-to-heart and this really pretty shot about whatever, we don't know. We go back to the Sarah interview for a little bit. Okay, I, I just want, I'm sorry. I got to bring up something here. Okay. Who's recording that? Why are they recording that? What? It's like a secret exchange between Mac and Tony. It looked like, Why? I think you're supposed to think like they just put the camera down and sat down and had a moment to talk. But why would they, if this whole thing is documenting their experience as Hell House, why the hell would they like record the scene where they're like, oh yeah, I should stay. There's this weird stuff going on with Alex. Like it's such a weird, I think it's like a loophole. It's kind of like, don't they say when people are on reality TV long enough, they forget the cameras there that I feel like it was kind of one of those moments where they forgot they were filming, just put the camera down and had like a heart to heart. I think that's what you're supposed to think anyways. I, I would not know. I'll ask you, Sid. Is that what happens? On reality TV? Yeah, where they get all candid and... All reality TV is real, Jack. Why would you ask me otherwise? Uh, I guess you believe in ghosts then. <laughs> I do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, okay, I say that about the camera because they also... When Tony and Alex are making up, they have a hug, but the camera's down by like... Um, Tony's thigh because if you were going in for a hug or like an apology you wouldn't hold the camera up here right so I'm yeah that would be weird if it was first person just like them hugging hugging it out hey so um, we cut over to Alex's greeting the actors on opening night and he's kind of trying to hype him up but like the air is very clearly like oh it's a bummer house right now his charisma is at an all time low here She's because it's negative like 20 dude yes this this speech would make me leave this place. Mm-hmm. He was not like um, Mac had to step in and like be more reassuring than it's like all Alex right, was. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, the actor like Melissa and uh, was it Joe? 
yeah, the clown. Joey, yeah. They're just like, oh, okay. Like they're there's they're kind of feeling something's wrong here too. Mm-hmm. So then we just kind of uh film opening night, like the the line, like, oh hey, we got a big line, how cool. Um I, I don't know if this is before or after what you were talking about there, uh, but they do check on Paul. Oh yeah. And he is a fucking bored, just sleeping in the bed. No, I don't know if he's sleeping. I think he's dead. He's just, yeah, he's dead or asleep. He's just hanging out in bed. He's not getting up. You know when you watch someone sleep? Is that? Okay, that was supposed to be more creepy. Than, is that what I guess. you do? I was, I was waiting for, <laughs> you wait for the rise and fall of their breath. Like, are they just alive? You know when you I didn't watch see any rising and falling. <laughs> Fucking vampire. Vampire? Yeah, like Edward Cullen breaking in to watch Bella sleep because he's a oh, psychopath. Well, that's like one of the best scenes in film history. So, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. That sounds right. On uh, on board for you, Jack. Twinkle, twinkle, <laughs> vampire. Anyways, um, yeah. So Paul's not doing great. He's either dead or sleeping, but he's definitely not. We're, if we're doing a breath check, I'm not really seeing his breath move in and out. I was not seeing any movement in his chest area. <laughs> no. Oh, that sounds even worse. It I'm does. turning into Paul now. I think. <laughs> oh my god. You're doing great, bud. So. We hop over to Tony and Alex are in the control room. They're checking the cameras, making sure everything's set up, ready to go. Um, And they discover that the walkie talkies are kind of not really working. They're kind of shorting out, which is, again, foreshadowing. Of course. Of course they are. Yeah. And then they we cut over to them greeting the crowd and uh, people start coming into the haunted house. I want to touch on one more preparation part before they open. Oh. (sighs) So. I had faith in Tony. I think this is Tony. No, it's Mac. Mac goes downstairs into the basement. Yes. And um, he's like, hey, um, Melissa, I got to cut your fucking dress open. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, what is this? why? He's like, sorry, it's going to be cold. And I'm like, what is he doing? And then I saw the scissors. And I'm he like, doesn't oh, cut like a little tear. He cuts the whole fucking dress open. He just, he basically rips it off. Why? <laughs> and mind you, she is tie- like her hands are above her head chained. So it's not like she can do anything. Yeah, it's weird. This is a great movie. It's weird. I, I mean, I like this movie, but that part's weird. And, but like Joey is in the basement with her. So she's like, OK, like, it's fine. And she checks in with Mac. She's like, hey, Mac, you'd tell me if something were wrong. Right. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, definitely. Everything's fine. She's like, totally. Oh, OK. Oh, totally. And, and one other thing, Joe has the key to unlock her wrists. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Which is like, just why, why do you got to use a real one? Right. Why can't she have like a breakaway? Can it be plastic? Yeah. yeah. These people are like hardcore about their haunted house setup. Poor girl. Yeah, I felt so bad for Melissa. Oh my I God. did too. So people start going in and then um, Sarah, we kind of hear from Sarah because she pops into like the hidey hole closet that Max <laughs> hanging out in. Yeah, the pantry or whatever that is. Yeah. And she's like, um, hey, I just saw Paul get up. That's really weird. Max like, oh, okay, well, why don't you go upstairs and see what's going on? Well, and ironically, she's like, he's creeping me out. And now now he's creeping you out, babe? Bro, are you serious? Now. <laughs> he creeped me out. And I'm <laughs> opposite sex. Yeah. So Mac tells her, like, hey, go see what's going on. And then they just see like Joey the clown has run out of the basement. And they're like, what the fuck? Did Joey just run out of the basement? Like, who's down there with Melissa? Now we're starting to see 
the it's coming back to the beginning of that YouTube video where yeah. it's now tying into to what's actually happening in this this found footage of the of the people that made the house. So like we're getting the like when the clown comes running up the stairs mm-hmm. and the people in the YouTube video are like was that part of the thing? And then like of course it wasn't. Joey's running away from the basement. Yeah. Um <laughs> and then there's also the part No, he was supposed to stay on there and protect her, protect Melissa, but mm-hmm. good job Joey. Um and then they they also explained the Sarah running from the pantry up the stairs. Mm-hmm. And again, and that's in the YouTube video. And they're like, is that supposed to happen? And like, apparently not. Yeah. And Mac is trying to radio for help. But again, the walkie talkies aren't working. They're fucked. They're fucked. And then we cut down. Okay. So this gets a little chaotic. I got a little confused, but we cut to the basement and Melissa is chained up and Joey's run out of the basement. So she can't get out of the cuff. So she's chained. Mm-hmm. Her dress is ripped open People are screaming and they're like, are you okay? And she's like, no, this isn't part of the show. Please help me. And then he's like, robed demonic figures are slowly coming forward. And she's just hanging out with her like hands up above her head. Yeah. And it's not like the people could have done much since she was blocked up there. But it is a it is a another scenario where it's like, oh, this is a haunted house. They're supposed to scare you and say all this weird stuff of like, help me. I can't get out of here. Like, yeah. So I think some at at first people were thinking that's just part of the show. show. Right. Yeah. So people realize it's not part of the show. So they're trying, they're starting to scream and like trying to leave, but everyone's Mm -hmm. bumping into each other. And, and it's not clear how this masked thing is because it goes up to Melissa. Yeah. And I think kills her. I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it kills her, but we don't really see how. No. He just kind of goes up and is just really close to her and she's screaming and that's about it. Yeah. So then. Tony and Mac are running to the basement, right? Because they're trying to get people out. They're like, come on, get out. This is the way out. Yes. Um, And the clock starts chiming again, that fucking clock. And then, like, the door to the basement just slams shut. So, because they were going to, weren't they going to try to go down and help Melissa after they're getting people out and the door just slams shut? Yeah. So, I think Mac is, like, he's trying to lead people out. And he's he's leading a, a bunch of people out and then the door slams and then he kind of turns around and he's like oh there's another way so follow me and he's running and right. trying to lead uh, the rest of the group out the presumably second exit or whatever and he runs into tony and he says you got to go to the basement something's happening that's right okay and then mac and sarah are trying to leave right and then they run up to the attic for some reason and they see alex is mm-hmm. hanging up there yes best part of the movie alex kills himself <laughs> I don't, I don't know that it was on purpose. He looked like he wanted to be up there. Oh, God. So are we are we to believe, led to believe then that the demons did this to him? I, Is he possessed? You can kind of interpret it either way. Either he has failure and can't handle it, so he hangs himself, or the demonic group essentially possesses him into doing it, I, however you want to take it. Okay. Choose your own adventure choose ending out like that. Choose your own hanging. Oh, God, that got dark. Um... <laughs> Anyways, so wait, do I have to choose hanging? Because I, I I would rather choose nothing. If choose was... no hanging, that could be yeah. an option, I suppose. <laughs> so, um, Sarah and Mac turn around, and like the room is full of these creepy black, black hooded, robed, demonic figures, just kind of slowly walking towards them. Mm-hmm. And then, like the the volume gets really loud on the video camera, and it cuts out. Yeah. Yeah, and you just kind of see shadows. And then we cut back to Sarah. And um, Diane, our interviewer, is like, so how'd you get out? And Sarah's like, oh, I just, you know, the police showed up and let me out. Like, I just got out. Just walked down the stairs. Yeah, like nothing happened. I just walked down the stairs. And then we don't see her, but you can hear Sarah telling Diane, the doc, 
the documentary lady, um, hey, if you haven't gone to the house, you really should. And she's like, oh, it's all boarded up. And she's like, is that the only thing stopping you? Because, like, you should really go see it. Which, hello, maybe don't listen to that. It was weird because that's the only time Sarah actually had some, like, emotion in her voice. Like, trying to convince her. And it, I, I think... I think she, I mean, obviously the way she's been acting this whole movie, she, I think she's possessed and she's, I don't know if she's like summoning all the stuff that's going on because of all the like weird, like backward speech she's doing in that one part of the movie. Yeah. But she almost feels like the conduit for how these things start coming, coming through and like, that could be, you know, killing people. I don't know. Yeah. Because it sure, it sure feels like she's trying to lead the documentary crew into the house. Absolutely. I think so. Killed. I, I think, at, well, we'll get into it. But yes, I think she is trying to lead her over there. So then Sarah leaves and the documentary team kind of has an argument where one of them's like, we're not going to fucking break in. And she's like, yes, we are. Don't be a baby. Dude, Diane is like, we're going there. I don't care. Diane like, is giving hard like Gale Weather vibes. <laughs> from Scream, yes, mm-hmm, yes. From Scream. So one of their camera guys decides to stay back and review the rest of the footage. And Diane and her other camera guy decide to go to Abaddon or Hell House. Which, can't that wait? Watch the rest (laughs) of the footage to see what fucking happens and then go into the place if you deem it necessary or safe. But, like, why go there before the... I think his name is Mitchell. He just stays behind and he's doing... He's the one that's, like, watching the footage that Sarah provided them. Mm -hmm. So... Dumb. Sarah tells them where to find her, like what hotel. So they stop at a hotel and they're like, oh, we're looking for this girl. This is the room number that she gave us 2C. And they're like, we don't have that room number here. And that person's not staying here. And they're like, oh, weird. Anyway. And then they just keep going. Yeah. They say like, oh, maybe she used a different name or something. Yeah. So then they start going. Mitchell starts going through the rest of the footage, which um, is essentially we're following Sarah while she's kind of crying and trying to figure out who's still here. Who can I turn to? And she sees, this is creepy. She sees Paul and she hugs Paul and she's like, Paul, Oh my God, I'm so scared. Cause Paul's just standing there catatonically. And then he just kind of starts walking towards her and then bashes her brains in with his camera. You know? So, and, and she, before she sees Paul, she does see the mask thing and is like, Oh, and then she like goes the other direction, Yeah, which I'm like, Oh my god! She was like like skulking around on the ground. She was like low to the ground, so mm. presumably the thing didn't see her. I don't, I don't know. She was like sneaking around, and like you said, she runs into Paul. And I thought I thought what would happen was that Sarah was off to the side, and Paul was getting killed by the masked thing because mm. he he is acting like he's getting hit. He's like whoa, you know, he's not saying words or anything. But we, then we see the camera just like falls down, and it shows just Sarah Sarah's just beat up, bloody bloody face. Uh, and I was like, oh, Paul did that to her. Okay. Paul bashed her brains in. And then we see something pulls her off screen. And it sounds like it's some kind of creature or mm-hmm. something. And then we just cut to, you see Paul's feet and you see his hand pick up a piece of glass and then cut his throat. And then he just kind of sinks to the ground as he bleeds out and chokes on his own blood. Very uh, gross. This it was disgusting, and then we get a nice we get a nice parting shot from him. She's just fucking crotch right in her face. As <laughs> he's like, <laughs> it's like, God damn it, he got me again. Paul, Paul, you got me again. <laughs> and as soon as he dies, like you hear the windows smash, meaning like the firefighters and the police are coming into the yeah. into the house. Which is of course how we know like they've been talking to Sarah the ghost the whole time. 
which whatever makeup they put on her like pre-interview mm-hmm. did a good job covering all that shit up because <laughs> she was messed up she was messed up yeah the documentarian diane has made it over to hell house and she is she's geeking out she's like oh my god look at these blood look at all the things. blood this is crazy like let's she is way too excited babe let's settle yeah. down but yeah she's she's super pumped they're exploring the camera guy is not into it he does not want to be there no. no he's getting weird feelings yeah so they start to head to the basement the camera guy takes one look <laughs> and he's like um absolutely not we are not going down there which is he's the- a, he pulls a martin the journalist and is like uh-uh. <laughs> which is the right call Mm-hmm. they're still walking through and Diane gets a call from Mitchell, her camera guy who has just seen the footage of Sarah dying, getting murdered. Um, but she ignores the call because of course she does. And then they, uh, they go upstairs and they notice, Oh, there's a door and it says two C on it. And Diane's like, Oh my God, that was the hotel room. And the camera guy's like, Hey, let's leave. And she's like, don't be a baby. I don't think she calls him a baby. She calls him a pussy. She says, don't be a pussy. Don't be a pussy, like you were doing the baby part. <laughs> baby. Baby. <laughs> so they open the door because Diane's an idiot. And uh, Sarah is sitting on the bed and she's not looking at them. And Diane's like, Sarah, honey. And the camera guy's like, don't fucking talk to her. Let's leave. Let's just leave. They don't do that. Of course not. They go in and Sarah turns and looks at them and like half her face is missing because... It was bashed in. So, yeah, she got bashed by the camera. The camera. So. so she stands up, and the room is full of cult people. And then we just hear screaming. Yeah, I will say. Um, so this is this is throughout as things are getting hectic. Mm-hmm. There's all this weird like scan line stuff and like static of like the video camera, mm-hmm. and I thought that was really cheesy, and it was getting to my getting getting to me a little bit. <laughs> a fair. Um. So the last thing, as a, as a strange point, it is actually the uh, uh, the the static you're referring to is a mini DV encoding error, and I sh- I shit I had that all the time. Wait, college. it happened? Oh, okay, so oh, maybe yeah. it's actually like, true then. I don't know if that's actually the kind of cameras that they were using to record this, or if that's just the effect that they threw on to give it further justification. Mm-hmm. After. Sarah stands up and is clearly dead and the cult people come after Diane and her poor tragic cameraman and there's just lots of screaming and it gets all cut out. (laughs) The last little scene of the movie is just the piano music playing downstairs that Paul was playing at the beginning of the movie. So full circle. Yeah. And it's, it's weird because there's no music in this, right? Like that's the only. Yeah. I feel like that is the only music in this whole thing, which kind of makes it even creepier. Right. And it's a kind of, it's a creepy, like, it's just, it, to explain it to the listeners, it's just like a couple notes repeated. That's yeah. pretty much all it is. And it's this creepy. It's like piano. all minor again, keys. Yeah. And again, hey, another creepy piano theme, I guess, which is very much a trope for horror movies, and especially in the 70s, 80s. I know. Yes. But yeah, they play that three times, I think. It's mm-hmm. initially when he's jacking around with uh, Crypt Keeper. With Hector. And yep. And then he they use it as a, they don't know where Paul's at and they're hearing the piano music. Yeah. So it's like kind of ramping up like scariness. And then at the end of the movie, yeah, too. And they're like, haha, fuckers, we got you. Listen to our piano. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is the movie. So who is the final femme in this? 
Right? I was trying to think about that. Like, um, kind of Sarah, but not really. She doesn't actually make it out. So Mitchell, who stayed behind to review the footage, I guess. (laughs) I don't really know. He really is like the only one alive. Yeah, unless, well, unless you're talking about like the journalist and your author and that one random witness chick. Oh, the people that got interviewed. Yes. Yeah. Well, they can all be at the bar together if they want. Um, <laughs> I think they'll probably toast in spirit to Sarah. Yes. Just because I don't think she's going to be able to pick up the glass with the Your whole. Your fingers uh, will just whoop. It's just going to go through it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, what what drink did you pick for them to, okay. to consume? So I searched harder than I needed to for a haunted house cocktail. And it took me forever to find. But I finally found something. And it's just called The Haunted House. Um, so oh. it is Jamaican rum, rye Rittenhouse, Swedish punch, ginger what? syrup, bitters, and an orange peel. I hope to God the Swedish punch is just like distilled Swedish fish. <laughs> I thought you were going to say That's... just a Swede like punching you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want something a little sweeter than that, I think. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. What about you? Um, I picked a drink called Blood of Satan. Oh, my because... God. Well, you what? always one up me on the drinks, Jack. Every time I'm like, this time I got him. Nope. Wait till you hear the ingredients. The name <laughs> is impressive, but the ingredients are not. Okay. So what this is, it's almost like a shot, I guess, because it's not very much. It's, and you have to do it in this order because apparently they layer on top of each other, which is kind of cool. Okay. But it's Goldschlager, which oh, not no. starting off good. Not starting off good. Oh boy. Uh, Irish whiskey. Okay. Jägermeister and then bourbon. <laughs> we know how you feel about Jäger. Oh, I would not drink this. This is terrible. But, you know, blood of Satan. How could you go wrong with that? So, Goldschlager, Jaeger. Uh, Goldschlager, Irish whiskey, Jaegermeister, bourbon. Bourbon. Oh, God. That's a headache. Doesn't that sound great? No. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, if you drink that, maybe you'll get possessed. I don't know. I'm not sure how it works, but. True. Clearly, um, Alex and Sarah drink this clearly well i hope uh, i hope you didn't hate it completely because i had fun it was it was okay i like i again the found the found footage thing i haven't seen too many of those so that mm. was kind of interesting way to shoot the movie i thought it was interesting the documentary style of like interweaving facts yeah quote-unquote facts with the narrative of what happened mm-hmm. i thought that was kind of interesting uh, but overall, I didn't really think – I wasn't really impressed with the acting in this. Uh, towards the end, it is. It's pretty good because they're all freaking out and mm-hmm. they're really showing it. But I feel like the connection between the people in that group felt very fake to me. And they – there was nothing really holding them together as friends, I felt. Like they were just kind of this – unless it was money. I get me, Unless they make a ton of money out this At least It's business. money with Alex at the very least. Absolutely. <laughs> so I'll give it kind of like a middling score. It's like, it was okay. Okay. Fair enough. I I liked this one because, especially the first time I saw it, it gave me the heebie-jeebies. Just like the clown and the silence <laughs> and everything. I was like, Ugh. So I had a good time watching this one. So, yeah, the, I wasn't expecting the clown thing. That's mm-hmm. You could do a lot with a haunted house, but I guess clown is a, you know, often repeated trope in that, in that environment. So True. Well... Um, I have to go drown my sorrows with a haunted house drink and hopefully not get possessed. Oh, I'm getting possessed. 
Okay. I'll get possessed tonight. Jack's going to get possessed. So we'll see you next time. Hopefully not dead or possessed. Well, it'll be really tough if I am possessed because apparently I'm not going to talk very much. So you'll have to do a lot of the carrying <laughs> for the next episode. That's true. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do our best with possessed Jack. <laughs> All right. See you next time, friends. See you. Bye.